You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports, featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian gotten a good look at the end but we really not look past anybody so why why not why do we start now a uh, brief clip from um uh <laughs> from bruce pearl uh as uh auburn gets ready to take on arkansas tonight uh that game is set to tip from Bridgestone there in Nashville, Tennessee at 6 o'clock. Uh, welcome to the program, Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Christian, Christian Miller, and then Lars Anderson, who is teaching today. So uh, it'll be the two of us, plus his pops. And then a little bit later on, we'll be joined by the one and only Tony Curry, who's been a longtime friend and colleague with this show. And we appreciate his efforts. And he'll be joining us in the second hour. And uh, Corey Miller will be joining us in the first hour. The SEC tournament is underway. It got underway last night. I was able to watch a little of both games. Uh, Ole Miss thought, you know, these were really good opening round games. Um, are either of these two teams destined uh, for greatness and upsets? Uh, I really think not. But Ole Miss defeated South Carolina by a score 67 to 61. And then LSU bounced Georgia 72 to 67. I will be uh, repetitive here. I'll say I don't see either one of those teams advancing past today's action. Today's action includes Mississippi State at Florida, who just tipped up. And uh, then you've got Ole Miss and number 17, Tennessee. Playing second day and ranked 17th. That's because they dropped to the fifth seed at the end of the regular season standings. Uh, Arkansas-Auburn. Thoughts on that real quick. Um, I, I noticed where Wendell Green Jr. had already called the Hogs out and said, we just don't like them. So, hey, that's uh, <laughs> it's nothing like calling your team out onto the floor before you play them. But, you know, that's done a lot more often than it does now. And I don't know how Bruce Pearl feels about it, but uh, there you have. That game's at 6 o'clock. And then tonight, uh, LSU, who advanced, will be taking on Vanderbilt. And I truly wonder if uh, – does Vanderbilt really have uh, a home court advantage? It's not their court, but it is their city. And it's uh, quite interesting to see whether or not – they get enough fans to even make a difference. Uh, I hate to be that critical, but um, that is in- indeed the case. Now, they will have a, a good fan base there tonight, but uh, whether or not it makes a difference. Uh, the, what really makes a difference is the way that Jerry Stackhouse have, has uh, coached this team. I saw something this morning where Vanderbilt had the best record at some point in January moving forward eh, other than UCLA and Houston. That's not even counting us. I mean, that counts the SEC. That counts Alabama. Um, that's pretty amazing in its own right. 
that's in very, very high cotton. So we'll see how Vanderbilt, I think a lot of people that are fans of the Southeastern Conference continuously think um, they like Vanderbilt. They know they're around. They know they bring our IQ up, so to speak, in a candid way. But um, I think most fans in the Southeastern Conference pull for Vanderbilt. Am I wrong? Right on. All right, we got a lot of other things that are going on in the world of sports, particularly in the NCAA and basketball. Uh, it was announced yesterday that Jim Beheim, 47 years with the Orangemen of Syracuse. 47. Um, that is absolutely amazing. He is going to retire, and assistant Adrian Autry will take his place. Uh, just a couple of notes on Beheim. He is 78. Uh, there's a lot of speculation of whether or not he really wanted this uh, or whether Syracuse forced it. Uh, Beheim's been very, very vocal um, since we've seen the exits of um, of uh, guys like Mike Krzyzewski. Um And going out, he's still uh, not very much in favor of NIL at all. So 78 years old, I believe I've got this information right. But I believe Beheim married... A um, married a Birmingham woman, and sites have been seen that would uh, that would lean credence to that observation. So anyway, um, he had thirty five trips to the NCAA. Most coaches don't even last thirty five years. Thirty five NCAA trips, and of course, he won the national championship back in two thousand three. I want to touch on a couple of things later on in the show, but TPC is one of my favorites. Uh, I consider it the fifth major. Uh, that's going on down uh, at Sawgrass. Already had an ace on 17. Um, New York Yankees are changing their uniforms. I will gripe about that later. And there's uh, an NIL issue with LSU gymnast Olivia Dunn that has got a lot of people's eyebrows high. Welcome in Christian Miller on this. Well, I don't know how it is in Tuscaloosa. You're only about 40 miles away, but it's kind of a gloomy, rainy Thursday. How's life, man? Oh, man. Uh, it, it is gloomy for sure. I'm, uh, um, I'll be in studio very shortly. I got caught up, <laughs> as you can guess, trying to get stuff done at these houses. Uh, I got caught up trying to get appliances. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm good besides that, Matt, and uh, all is well. That's really uh, become quite the chore, hadn't it there, Christian? Yeah, it has. It has. But I think it's going to be very rewarding once it's done. But, man, one thing I've learned through this process is uh, doing work on houses is uh, is very strenuous, and it's not cheap at all. In today's uh, financial world, <laughs> it's definitely not cheap, and it's very uh, time-consuming. So I respect everyone that, that does this on a daily basis. Well, and, and the prices of the materials that you're trying to purchase and are purchasing have just absolutely ballooned, particularly, uh, for oh, the last man. couple of years. And it's just, uh, and, and wood, good grief, lumber is just a commodity, Seriously. literally. You don't know yeah. from day to day, uh, <laughs> if it, how much it's going to go up. Um, yeah, well, we've, so we've that's learned that be quite has learned that as well, too. Yeah. And, uh, Darn it all. Uh, I think Alabama would have had a shovel in the ground uh, had it not been for that, don't you? I agree. I agree. And it's crazy just to think about the price um, of construction, how it's gone up just in that short amount of time. And, it, it, man, I know they're probably thinking back, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, they're probably kicking themselves thinking we probably should have got that arena done a lot sooner. <laughs> 
because now we're going to have to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> physically, literally, we're going to have to pay a lot more for it. Well, and you, as you well know, uh, since you really do keep up with the finances of the world, um, and when it goes this high, it doesn't, if it drops, it's very, it's minimal. <laughs> so you, you kind of yeah. got to lock it in when you can. Um, That's right. just like the interest rates, I don't know. Uh, they say they're going to come back down. I'm, last I heard, they're going back up. But, uh, this yep. is actually a sports show and <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> part of it. Uh, the SEC tournament is underway. Uh, another note from basketball. I talked about Jim Beheim, but, uh, also, um, an, an interesting fact, and we certainly wish him the best health wise, Bill Self, the, uh, head coach of Kansas and the Big 12, the tournament, uh, they were supposed to start today against West Virginia. They will start, but without Self at side court. Uh, they issued a statement that he is out due to an illness. Uh, they did not go any deeper than that. Nor do they. That's his personal issue. I just hope he can return to the court as quickly as possible. And I know that the Jayhawks do as well. You hearing anything in Tuscaloosa about Bama basketball, about the SEC, or just, uh, you know, waiting on tomorrow where, uh, today Alabama will find out who they're going to play, but anything swirling around in the trees in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? Not that I, I'm aware of, no. Uh, but I will say, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, See now they go out there and compete, and I know they're probably ready to roll. But uh, I'd imagine they're probably just sitting there watching these games. Kind of that's kind of how we always did as a football team. If we were getting ready to play somebody, you know, uh, in the playoffs, and we were you know trying to find out, we always are kind of anticipating and looking forward to who we get to play. So I'm, I'm sure that's what those guys are doing right now. Well, we're gonna take our first break here. I'll remind you that uh, your dad's gonna join us here in a couple of minutes. And then Tony Curry will be with us in the sec- second hour as you listen to Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Good Zoo on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and very cool periods of rain will continue this afternoon and tonight. The high today 60, tonight's low 54. Tomorrow cloudy, rain mainly during the morning hours, the high 68. And Saturday, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Hey, back on Big Noon Sports. Welcome in our regular weekly guest and then some. Corey Miller, nine time, nine years in the National Football League. Of course, he's Christian's dad. And uh, we bring him on. Talking a lot about college and National Football League. But uh, I'm sure he's a basketball guy. We talked to him about Alabama. I know he's pulling for the tide as uh, they will play the winner of the game ongoing right now between Mississippi State and Florida. By the way, the Bulldogs are up one. 1312 with 1348 remaining. Uh, hey, Corey, I hope things are well. Are you in South Carolina? Yes, sir. Good uh, evening or afternoon, I should say. It's 115 here. Uh, yeah, I'm in Columbia. Just uh, went and got me a nice workout in. I'm outside and all of this. Uh, it's a yellow or green stone pollen. It's everywhere, whatever color it is. <laughs> it's just like, it's like clouds uh, of it. So <laughs> It's... Uh... It's awful, especially as uh, all of the hosts of this show know, because we all own black vehicles. Uh, moving away from that, I, I know you're a, a sports guy, but uh, are you one of those guys in basketball will sit down and, and watch a couple of games or maybe even attend a tournament and just kind of enjoy it all and, and the atmosphere included? Oh, yeah, man, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sports fanatic. Um, you know, I'll sit down and watch games as I did last night. I mean, even, you know, some smaller conferences, uh, I watched dudes on a, you know, punch their card into the tournament. Of course, ACC and SEC going on right now. So it gets you in that mood of March Madness. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm really watching closely in the SEC. Since Bama going to, you know, be the first victim, I should say, uh, when they get a chance to play Mississippi State of Florida. But, um, yeah, I, I love college basketball. You know, I played basketball all through my uh, high school career. Was two-time All-State player and um, got recruited to play basketball as well. So, and, you know, I really loved basketball more than I did football. Really, growing up, it was my favorite. But I stopped. You know, another guy that's six two and a half, six three. I started going wide, so I knew basketball wasn't going to be my future, and I wasn't going to be you know, another Charles Barkley per se. But but yeah, man, I, I love this time of year. No football, but man, March Madness gives us some, you know, a chance to sit back and, and the weather's changing. It's getting warm, being outside, spring. Uh, it just represents all that for me. I know you're definitely keeping up with Alabama in this tournament, but um, anybody else that you're looking uh, out for in the SEC tournament uh, that might, you know, surprise some people that you feel could be a dark horse candidate? You know, I, I think this is the year, uh, Christian, that the, the the tournament is pretty much average. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's parity throughout, I think. I mean, I mean, you look at, there's about two or three teams. You know, you can put uh, Houston, you can put Alabama, you can maybe put Purdue in uh, that top echelon. Uh, then everybody else is about the same. You know, a team that I do like, and I think I heard someone, a coach, somebody talking about this yesterday on your show, uh, is Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M is a really, really good basketball team. I really do. I think they can catch fire and make some noise in the tournament. Um, you know, the ACC, I'm looking at what's happening with Clemson. You know, I know uh, Lenardi has them in the first four out. You know, can Clemson make a run? I think they're playing NC State uh, today. Um, you know, see what they're going to do because they're close to home. Uh, but I don't know who that team is going to be, who that dark horse is going to be. You know, there's going to be a couple of teams, right? There's going to be a small team that up the upset's going to come to, you know, the two sixteens and all these types of things that we see. They're going to happen, and I think this is a year that man, they're going to happen more often than not because I think the parity across the board is phenomenal in college basketball. I haven't seen it like this before in a long time. 
I want to shift gears real quick to football. Uh, with this ongoing Lamar Jackson situation, there's a lot of opinions right now on um, how it's being handled, uh, the way Baltimore, they tagged him, uh, the, the non-exclusive tag, I believe. Um, in, in their words, they want, you know, to, for him to see his true market value, let teams kind of uh, put some offers out there. Because obviously the, these two parties have been, you know, negotiating for probably almost two years now, and they came to see eye to eye. So it sounds like um, from Baltimore's side, you know, they wanted to do this that way. Um, they would allow Lamar to see his value um, in the market. Um, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's being handled correctly? And, and uh, what do you what do you just feel like is is uh, going to be the outcome of this situation? Well, what you have you have two stubborn parts, right? You have, and I'm not saying Baltimore the Ravens per se. I'm talking about the NFL owners. And you see a guy like Lamar Jackson who's looking at Deshaun Watson. It, all this goes points to Deshaun Watson. You know, he had that what four year, hundred sixty million dollar contract. He gets out of Houston. He goes to Cleveland. They add about eighty, ninety more million dollars on top of that, fully guaranteed. Well, as you know, everybody else looking at who's getting what, and then they're going to compare what that guy has done versus what I have done. So Lamar Jackson, who's representing himself, is saying, "Hey, hold on, y'all gave Deshaun Watson, by the way, who hadn't played at that particular time in a, well, almost two years." because he had all these investigations going on. We know he's an excellent football player, but I got an NFL MVP in my third season. Look at my record with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I know you can point and say I only won one playoff game, but look at my regular season record. I'm an NFL MVP in my third year, which we know is, is hard to do, um, and I should be paid on the same level. If you're giving him a, a fully guaranteed contract, why don't I have that? So as athletes, even if you had an agent, they're going to look at his contract. Now, the owners, on the other hand, are saying, wait, 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 wait. You know, Cleveland, y'all have messed this thing up. Y'all have you, you yes. have t- taken this market to a whole nother level that we don't want to be right here. So Lamar Jackson is going to he's going to stand really with his feet planted and fight this fight because he knows that, this team is terrible. Look at the record when he's not playing. I guess the 12 games he's missed in his career, they're like three and nine versus what he is, 45 and six, whatever, 16, 12, whatever it is. Listen, this guy's a phenomenal football player and he's going to make any football team better. Now they know they gave him a $32 million um, franchise tag because most teams are not going to give up two first round picks. As great as he is, they probably not. Now I think there's some teams like Carolina, Atlanta, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, some other teams that need a quarterback maybe should look into this. But they know, okay, well, he'll come back eventually while we can try to work this thing out. But it's the dumbest thing. He is their future. You got a great quarterback. All you need to do is put some, some players around him. You got a new offensive coordinator, Tom Monkin, who came over from Georgia. You got all these things happening for you, but you're going to let this thing play out to where he's going to say, you know what, I'm going to hold out. I ain't even going to play in the season till y'all give me a contract. Do you want to go into your season like this with a new offensive coordinator? You know, somebody's going to have to break. And and I don't know who that's going to be right now. I think eventually it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens because Lamar Jackson's going to hold them hostage. But we, it, it's just unbelievable. I don't think it's a race thing. I know a lot of people on the black quarterbacks. You can't use that because Kyler Murray got paid. Deshaun Watson got the best court, uh, contract ever in the history who's black. 
So I, and I don't buy into these guys. Say, well, you know, the, they're giving the black quarterback a hard time. And look what Danny Dimes, you know, Daniel Jones got, which I agree with that one. You know, he got, what, $41 million with the, <laughs> the package, which I'm like, wow. I mean, the kid ain't really done too much. One, one decent season, he get $40 million. Crazy to me. But I don't buy into the whole, you know, the, the black quarterback getting this. I don't, I'm not, you know, I, you know, I'm open. I believe what I see. But this is one of the situations I don't think it has nothing to do with color. It's just the fact that it's, it's all about the Sean Watson's fully guaranteed contract, $232 million and fully guaranteed. Unheard of. And it blew up the market. So, I know it's a long answer, man, but it takes that because you have to see that whole picture. But I think it's dumb on Baltimore's part, who's been a very, very good program organization to fight Lamar Jackson, who's been nothing but very positive for this for this team. No, I agree with you. I mean, I I, I don't see how you use the race card. I mean, because you, you just said it, you know, the top paid quarterbacks right now are um, black quarterbacks. But also, I, I think it's, it's more so a testament that teams feel that, number one, they don't want to give up all those draft picks for Lamar Jackson only because they look at this year's quarterback class and they probably would rather take a gamble on a guy like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Um, if I had to guess, that's probably what they're thinking. And, and two, you look at Lamar as talented as he is. He is a guy that's, uh, you're going to have to tailor your system kind of around him. Um, at least that's probably the, the perception they feel. You might not necessarily have to. I'm sure he can adjust and adapt with his talent. He could probably do a number of things, but in their mind, they probably do feel like they'd have to, um, adjust quite a bit. Uh, I'll ask you about another quarterback. You've got Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand. Um, sounds like <laughs> Green Bay, he's emerged from the dark, which is nice. It, it sounds like Green Bay is um, prepared <laughs> to go ahead and let him, you know, seek elsewhere. Uh, if he decides to come back and play, I guess he still hasn't given us that answer. I guess he's still uh, meditating on that. But um, do you think that's going to end up happening? It's it, uh, From my understanding, the Jets – are the main team to watch here. They, from from their sources, they feel confident that they have a, a very fair shot of landing Aaron Rodgers. Do you see Aaron Rodgers suiting up for the New York Jets next season? I'm so sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. He just drives me nuts. I mean, dude, you make it go make almost sixty million dollars this year, right? You go away wherever you went, kumbaya, my lord. And you still don't have no answer, right? Oh, well, I, you know, I'll I figure it out. Here's what Green Bay got to do. They got to say, you know what? We appreciate you, man. You will always be a pack. You're going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. We thank you for your services. We thank you for the Super Bowl win. But it's now time to cut the bait. It's now time to cut the rope and and, and, and stop allowing him to hold him hostage. That's what he's doing. I mean, you got uh, Love sitting right there that you drafted, what, three years ago? Everybody's saying, all the players, you know, Christopher in the locker room is speaking nothing but highly about him, which tells me they, they're sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers as well. They're like, let's move on. He's not going to come into the offseason. He's not going to build any type of continuity, any type of rhythm with the receivers. He's going to sit there and go on his radio show. He's going to take his hallucinating drugs. You know, he's going to lo- lose all his weight. Look like he's starving, and then he's gonna want to come. Let go. Sometimes in relationships, you know, you gotta let go. You just gotta say, you know what? I, you know, in South Carolina, they they call uh, uh, irreconcilable differences in South Carolina when a couple is married, and they say, hey, we just can't, we can't figure things out. 
So you got to wait a year, and then you ain't even got to contest anything. You just go down there after a year and say, we've been separated. He's been at this address. I've been at this address. And so I want a divorce. And the judge say, boop, 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 your, your divorce is granted. Irreconcilable differences. It's been two years. Get rid of a move on. Start a new life. Let him go to the J-E-T-S Jets and do what Brett Favre did when he left Green Bay with the Jets. Absolutely nothing. They still lost. But but uh, if I'm Green Bay, let him go, man. I- I'm sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers. He's holding everybody hostage. I'm a huge Packers fan, but I agree 100%. Let's give love a shot. Let's give... Let's give love a chance. All right. Uh, when we get back, there's been a major change over the... Yes, let love have a chance. Um, there's been a major change, and it's, you know, it's kind of developed over the last couple of three decades in the National Football League. And I want to ask the two guys that played it about it when we get back on Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Corey Miller, Christian Miller. Appreciate all of you dialed in. Do remember that we now have a website and a Twitter account um, at Big Noon Sports and BigNoonSports.com. And when you go to the website, you can click listen. Going through Tide 100.9, our affiliate in Tuscaloosa, you can listen there. Uh, we pretty much have uh, three generations here, uh, I being the eldest and then Corey and then Christian, and I'm going to go very long with into this question because I think it makes sense if, if you're me or you're my generation. When I was a little kid running around in the backyard, guys, uh, we would pretend we were Jim Brown or Jim Taylor, my all-time favorite, Gail Sayers. Um, you know, even O.J. Simpson, if you pardon that use as an example there. And then it moved on. You got Franco Harris and Earl Campbell and, and Tony Dorsett. The NFL was a running backs league. It has transitioned from my days at Lakewood running around in the backyard to now where running backs are just not valid. Even a Derrick Henry's on the trading blocks. Uh, it, it just, I'll start with Corey. Um, what happened? Well, that's a, that's a great question, uh, Matt. I mean, the, the game has changed so much. I mean, it really doesn't even seem. Like it's been that long ago, right? I mean, my generation, I'm, I'm, I'm 50, 54 years old. And, you know, I was playing, I retired in 2001. Think about this. I retired in 2001 where the game was a running league. But all of a sudden, here comes RPOs and here comes, uh, all these crazy seven on seven tournaments and all these, uh, you know, fancy offense where we, you know, we, we get a bunch of frisbee catching dogs out there, wide receiver. And we're going to sit back and just sling it all over the park, right? And and we're going to come up with a way where change the rules where, you know, you can't put your hands on receivers. You know, they call them pass interference. You can't hit guys no more. You can't hit quarterbacks. So people say, you know what, we're about chunk play. We're going to, we're going to throw it down the field. And, you know, we, we we got a running back. We can put a receiver not running back. Think about it. We can put a, a Nico Harbin, guys like that, you know, that's fast. We can put, line them up in the backfield. We don't need a true running back. 
Um, and it's kind of sad because, you know, the tight end position is gone pretty much from what it used to be. The fullback position is gone from what it used to be. Most teams don't even have fullbacks anymore. I mean, so, yeah, the game has changed from blocking and tackling, from fundamentals, footwork, hand placement, sliding your feet, you know, disrupt the timing of offenses, reroute the receivers. You know, we just let guys run down the field and expect that we're going to stop them. And um, it's kind of sad because when I look at it, that I grew up in that generation of, hey, man, 12 personnel, you know, 13 personnel, 21 personnel, you know, tight ends and fullbacks, counter plays, off tackle plays, you know, you don't see that anymore. I mean, and, it's, and, it's, and the game has just totally changed. And so, you know, those days of you trying to be Jim Brown and Larry Zonka and Earl Campbell and all these big bruising backs and uh, Derek Henry, uh, you know, people have said, nah, because look at it. We, they, we got five years. We give them five to seven years and their career is going to be over. And that's why we're seeing a Derrick Henry now, who's just a year ago, you know, getting 2,000 yards, you know, a couple of times, whatever it was, not as valuable. And that's why we sent a Josh Jacobs, who's, who's phenomenal. That team was saying, oh, we just put the tag on him, but we, we're going to give him five years, and then, that, then the stock's going to go down. We sent him with Ezekiel Elliott, and then he's coming back. So it's unfortunate that uh, we're losing that position, and it's not as valued as, let's say, a wide receiver. So if I'm growing up as a kid, and I got some quicks, man, don't put me at running back. Put me at wide receiver. I'm going to be a slot guy. You know, I'm going to be a, a tight end that does it all because they don't value the running back position anymore. Yeah. I mean, he summed it up perfectly. I mean, you look at the, the spread offenses now, um, the importance of stretching the field out and having receivers that can, you know, take the top off of a defense. Um, you just don't see it as much. I mean, you also see, you look at it, you know, growing up when I used to watch football, I used to, to like uh, watching guys like Mike Allstott, you know, TJ Duckett, you know, fullbacks, um, oh, yeah. you who were, um, you know, crucial to these offenses and, and leading the way for these running backs and also running the ball themselves. I mean, you, you used to look at the, the running backs like Jerome Bettis, those big guys. Um, you know, yeah. they, they just were utilized a lot more. You know, the, the ground and pound just really hammering down defenses. Um, you just don't see it as much and nowadays. Uh, and these these offenses, uh, I hate to say this, but you know, a lot of running backs are, are, are replaceable. Um, you just need a guy who's elusive and athletic, you know, has good vision, can make the right cuts, and um, you almost can kind of plug and play these guys. I mean, especially nowadays, I mean, they're rotating two, three running backs um, per team. You know, I feel like back then, you know, they just had one, um, you know, one guy, the main guy for the most part. I mean, they probably rotated as well, but I just feel like today, I mean, with these systems, you can just, you know, plug and play, plug and play, get, get a new guy, get a new guy. And that's kind of how these teams value these players. They're, they're kind of saying, Hey, you know, this guy is tremendous. You know, he's, he's a great talent, but there's a young guy out there who runs just as fast, who, who can make the same cuts, who has good vision. He can kind of step into that role if we need him to. So I, I think that's, you know, a, a big reason why running backs aren't valued as highly as they once were. Oh, Corey, you brought up a great point. I've never thought about it. Seven on seven doesn't require a running back, but uh, you can play it just about anywhere. And now they have seven on seven leagues. So <clears throat> maybe that's a contributing factor. But I also think a contrib- contributing factor on a positive is good grief, Corey. The receivers that we have and we see in the NFL and at the college level are, what did you call them? Frisbee catching? Uh, they go up and one hand. They make one-handed grabs like it's just a part of their routine. Uh, back in the day when you and I were watching it, you had a Bolitnikoff and 
mile time favorite, Homer Jones. <laughs> you had guys like that. Yeah. I bet you remember Homer, don't you? Oh yeah. Played for the oh, yeah. played for the Giants. But that I guess that's been uh, a positive part of the change is God, it's spectacular wide receivers are all across the National Football League. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 you know, things change, you know, this world changes and, you know, we have to adapt, right? We have to, you know, Coach Saban, uh, I remember when he was recruiting Christian, uh, they had to change, right? Because if the game wasn't changing, I, I think Christian probably wouldn't have gone to Alabama because they, they had big bruising linebackers, right? Because you think about that 63 game against LSU, they ran the football, they had big tight ends. You know, the linebackers had to be guys like me that were bulky, two-gap type of players, right? I could sit in a seven technique inside shade on a tight end and play cover two because I can mug them all day. I can take on a strong enough and physical enough. I can play a 330-pound uh, tackle, right? I can take those blocks on. Alabama had guys like me, you know, the priest, or whatever that guy's name was, uh, Denzel, uh, yeah, all these big physical linebackers. Well, Things started to change when they played a and when they faced Johnny Manziel. I'll never forget. I brought Christian down to the game. We were at that game, and Johnny Manziel just ran all over them. And Coach Saban knew that, hey, times are changing. This RPO game is for real. This the smaller, fast, quick quarterback, our linebackers were slow. Those linebackers looked like they were running in mud. They did. I mean, it was like, <laughs> but they can't run. And so when you look at Christian, Christian was 210, 212, you know, long pass rusher, then they knew that we got to get defensive players that got length. That's why Coach Saban fell in love with Christian because Christian could, could run, rush the quarterback. He still had good long arms where he played the run really well, too, even at his size, and, and he was fast enough to chase backs down. And I just remember even one play against Texas A&M, they tried to run a little boot play on Christian, and he, the quarterback got in space, and he he, he couldn't do nothing. Christian tackled tack him for a loss. I'm just saying – Coach Saban changed in 2014 when Christian started coming in. Now look at the linebackers that they recruit. Guys that look like Christian. Look like basketball players that, that play outside back. Yeah. You know, because the game has changed. You got to be long. You got to be fast. You got to be quick. You got to be able to, I mean, look at the inside linebacker. We talked about, uh, Tua Tua. I think that's, I guess I'm saying his name right, but he's small. These guys are small. I mean, the inside backers are not thumpers no more. They're not Reggie Raglins. They're 220. I mean, you got to be able to run because it's a wide open offense and you got to play the game in space. So therefore, the big middle linebacker, you know, guys like me, the big Sam linebacker, 260 pounds, or LTs, the Carl Banks, my teammates, those guys don't exist no more. Yeah, you spot on. Christian, when you were, uh, when you were playing even in Alabama in the NFL, and I probably can't ask this question correctly, but when, when you went into whatever defense you decided you were going to play for whatever down and distance, were the majority of the calls based on the other team passing the football? Uh, it, it just depend on, it, it all depends on the situation. Um, you know, whether it's first and long, first and short, you know, second and long, second and short, you know, third and long, third and short, um, you know, situationally where you're at on the field, you know, are you in the red zone? Um, are you the fringe area? You know what I'm saying? Are they coming out? Is it a four minute offense? Is it a two minute situation? 
it honestly, Matt, I mean, it, it all depends on the situation. It depends on the personnel you're facing. They're coming out in, uh, 11 personnel, you know, or blue, you know, typically that's more pass heavy versus 12 or 21, uh, two tight ends or two backs, one tight end, uh, sets. So, you know, it, it all just depends, um, who you're playing, the personnel, uh, down and distance and just where you're at on the field. Great answers. Great guys. Uh, let's talk some more NFL when we get back. Made a little college football here on Big Noon Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamane. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamane dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Thursday edition of The Game, we'll feature Rodney or TiterInsider.com, the editor, the founder of the great website. We'll do a score prediction day, Alabama basketball on the eve of the first appearance in the SEC tournament 2023, all starting at 2 o'clock, Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Has the pin- Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and very cool. Periods of rain will continue this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 60. Tonight's low, 54. Tomorrow, cloudy. Rain mainly during the morning hours. The high, 68. And Saturday, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
back on the Thursday edition of Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. Lars is taking the day off. He teaches at the university. He has a couple of journalism classes there at Reese Pfeiffer. So um, he is busy taking care I mean, I, of I all think he's scared of me. Journals. I think he's scared of me. He might be. Yeah. He you always, think he's, he's always <laughs> off when you uh, you well, come on. By the way. Yeah. After that whole Bengals uh, dispute. Yeah. I find that very curious. Huh. Uh, we'll have to make sure that doesn't happen next week. Okay, gentlemen. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to figure that out. He will out. be in the studio. He'll be in the studio next week, Corey. We'll, uh, we'll make sure. Yeah, yeah. I like messing with him. Uh, I like messing with him. Well, I, uh, uh, he does like, I'll, I'll say this real quick while we got my dad on, cause he also played football for a really long time. So I'm sure like me, he deals with a lot of pain, foot pain, back pain, knee pain. I know he does for a fact. Uh, so I definitely need to get him some of these. I, I, I told uh, my friends at the Good Feet store I'd, I'd hook him up, so I need to uh, do that as well. But thanks to them, we have a new solution to, to eliminate and alleviate that pain with their premium art, support, art supports. Good Feet art supports are precision fit for your personal needs, lifestyle, profession, and footwear. I use them for all situations. When I'm on the golf course, when I'm training the gym, to even the work around my house, I throw them in my boots. Um, the, the difference they make in such a short period of time is remarkable. So if you haven't tried them, go ahead and try them. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. Stop in your local Good Feet store today. There's one in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Or you can go online to make an appointment at goodfeet.com and to find the nearest location near you. That's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. With that being said, back to football. Uh, I just want to ask you, there's been a lot of speculation. Hey, Christian, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Real quick. It's funny you just did that because as you were – doing your your read so awesomely i don't know if awesomely is a word but um we'll i'm sitting here looking at at the good feet store i'm looking at the good feet store oh, as you wow. said i look up there's good feet i'm sitting in the parking lot because i just had lunch and good feet is right there and, and um in the plaza right here off that's of, a sign uh, Trenum Road. here I, yeah. I, i'll tell you yeah, what I did get it, you should walk in there let them do what they do they'll they'll measure your arches they'll they let you put your feet in a massage chair while while they get you all situated. They'll let you uh, do a test walk throughout the store. You go do all of that, and then when it comes time to pay, I'll see if I can work something out. We'll get you situated. We, we'll you just go in there, yeah, and just, just go in there and go check it out. Website. Yeah, or or go, go to, to goodfeet.com and figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> schedule an appointment. I promise. No, my you web, my website is. Oh, or, or yours. The, or, or yeah, or yeah. Or, yeah, that's right. Or, or go to Giants for Christ if, if you're listening, guys. Go figure out something with his yeah. ministry, I guess. But back to football real quick. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of speculation right now, a lot of buzz, and, and that's exactly what this all is. It's always buzz, but you know what it is. It's that time of year. The draft is coming up. The combine just happened. Everybody's talking about the combine performances. They're, they're, they're oohing and on over different guys. And now there's a lot of buzz about this Anthony Richardson guy. And I'm hearing a lot of people say, hey, don't be surprised if there's a shocker at the number one pick. Now, I guess they're alluding to the fact that they think he might end up being the number one pick. And even Vegas is kind of slowly increasing the odds. What are your thoughts on that? Now, I'm sure I know the answer, but I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, do you think that it's actually realistic that Anthony Richardson could become the number one pick? Well, being that I'm an ordained preacher, I ain't going to say the word, but we talk about hell as a place people go that don't know, don't have a relationship with the Lord. I'm going to say H-E-L-L, no. I'll say it for you, hell no. I'm not a preacher. What is this, an all-socks, jocks, and t-shirt team? 
I mean, is that what we got? So that's what we've got them based on now. The all socks, jocks, and t-shirts, right? A guy that runs around and then put a tiny white on and a tank top and can vertical jump, can broad jump. Oh, he ran a good 40. Oh, boy, he got a strong arm. But, man, he can't throw a five, he can't throw a seven-yard out, though. He can't throw a dig route, but, man, he can throw it 9,000 yards in the air. Listen, all I got to tell you is this. Turn on the tape. I don't care what he did at the combine. I don't. I think people have put too much into combine stats and the combine drill. What tells me who this guy is is on Saturday afternoon when he played Georgia, when he played South Carolina, when he played whomever. That's who the guy is. He looks good. I'm telling you what, he looks like Tarzan getting off the bus. I mean, the dude going to look good. And um, the suits that they wear now that y'all wear now, these tight suits, oh, he's going to look amazing. He's going to look amazing getting off the bus. But when he put a uniform on and you ask him to make plays, when you ask him to check out this this offense and get into a different offense, when you ask him to play, excuse me, when you ask him to do certain things on the field, what's happening? He's not Bryce Young. Nick Saban was correct. He's an all-sock, jock, and T-shirt player. Look good. He can drill you to death. I've seen so many players that can do all kinds of drills. Man, you go watch them out there just in training in the off-season, boy, they look good. You know, hamstrings, high butt, you know, calf muscles, <laughs> you know, trapezes, trap, traps picking up in their ears. I mean, they look like Tarzan, but they play football like James. Let me just tell you something. <laughs> if somebody is that foolish to take him as a number one pick based on what he did at the combine, I can promise you they're going to continue to have the first pick because they're going to lose. Well, let me let me ask Bryce you this. Young made plays. Okay, go ahead. Let me let me ask you this real quick though. Now and then, just food for thought. I mean, all right, you look at Bryce Young. He's at Alabama. He's got great weapons around him. C.J. Stroud. He's at Ohio State. Some great receivers. What if it's a scenario where? Anthony Richardson just might not have had the right tools or the right system in place. What, what if you give him the right tools and, and he's a much better football player? Now I'm not saying he's better than Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, but maybe that's something they're thinking about. Maybe they're saying, Hey, we can do something with this guy. If we, if we get him in the right system, we get the right coaches for him, the right players. Maybe what could be, you know, I don't know. Maybe he could be the next Josh Allen, big physical <laughs> specimen. You never know. I mean, what, what are your thoughts I, on that? Well, that's what they're thinking. I mean, they think he's on Cam Newton and Josh <laughs> Allen, you know, Lamar Jackson. That we could put all these persons, all these people into one mixture and make one, but we'll have a hell of a player, right? That's what they think. And the thing is, I don't see it. Now, I would take a flyer on him late first, for sure, middle first. Yeah. If he's there second round, I can see that because he is a talent, right? He, but to say number one pick, you got to be out your rabbit mind. I mean, the dude. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I saw this dude throw so many balls in the dirt at Florida. They ain't got nothing to do with the offense. I mean, True. That, I mean, some of his throws wasn't even nowhere in the stratosphere catchable. I mean, he had talent at Florida. Florida has talent. I mean, this is not Vanderbilt he's playing with. This is Florida. It's Billy Napier. Good football coach, offensive-minded coach. So I'm not even going to buy that one. But my point is this. He is a heck of a talent. And you put him in the the the, the, the socks jock t shirt league, he's gonna be the number one pick. I mean, the dude looks phenomenal. But I've seen it before. I've seen him get off the bus. They look like Tarzan. They do. But boy, they play like Jake. Uh, and I think a guy like that I played against a lot of years, Jerry Rice, 
Oh, you put him in the drills at the combine? He looks terrible. Tom Brady looked like he didn't belong at the combine when he ran it. <laughs> Tom Brady looked horrible. <laughs> but, Lord have mercy. Look what the outcome was. That's all I'm saying. Don't let looks fool you. We get like that with women sometimes. Oh, they wear the high heels and they look good in their skirt. And boy, we think we got something. And then when you get them, you hook up and you think that's your girl. You feel you figure out, I done made a mess of my life. Preach. That's all I'm saying. Some teams <laughs> gonna go out there and make a fool out of their life because of what they see with their eyes instead of what they see on the film. I'm gonna leave that and I'm gonna oh, pass just... around my collection. But that's the fact. I'm gonna go to good feet and get my, my feet massaged. That's what I'm gonna do. There you go. Good. There you go. All right. We're out of here first hour. Thank you, Corey. We will talk again next week and Lars will be here. Don't let him run away. I'm looking for him. Lars, I'm looking for you. Missing their clothing around town on game days? Check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisanne thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Goodfeet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov slash fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ADA, and this station. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. 
back on the Thursday edition of Big Noon Sports. Matt and Christian Miller. Many thanks to his father joining us most of last hour. We appreciate that very much. Lars is teaching uh, journalism school as we speak. So uh, we will uh, continue on and get you an update from Nashville. Uh, Florida leading Mississippi State. Now, Mississippi State leading Florida, 34 to 21. I'm going to uh, repopulate that because I think that was, they should be at least uh, halftime, if not more. What's that? 36 to 26 at halftime. 36 26 Mississippi State. So, of course, the winner of that advances to play the uh, top seeded uh, SEC team in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, Another event I'm keeping up with, uh, I think some from personal reasons, but also uh, just because I, I consider it the fourth major, and that's the TPC that's going on at Sawgrass. Uh, earlier today, and if you just want to do this for kicks and giggles, I urge you to do so, Hayden Buckley had a hole-in-one on the famed Island Green, the 17th. His reaction is worth every effort you put towards finding that video. It is absolutely fabulous. Meanwhile, they had the uh, super trio, the super threesome of John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, and Roy McElroy. Uh, the leader right now is Chad Ramey. Then uh, Kalamar Cowie is at minus seven. Ramey is at uh, minus eight. Uh, Scheffler's turned in a minus four. But I'll be honest with you, I'm scrolling along. And I can't find uh, Justin Thomas there, always keeping up with him. He's just through three, but he's two under. Um, that's who I'm pulling for. I'm sure a lot of folks in our affiliates of Tuscaloosa are pulling for them and, and just generally around the world. Um, Christian, your dad uh, brought up some interesting points on uh, looked like Tarzan plays like Jane um, <laughs> when it comes to Anthony Richardson. Um, I don't think I don't know if that's spot on for him because I was I will say when you watch, no, Anthony but it's Richardson, a great he, quote. Yeah, it is a great quote. I don't know if it necessarily applies to him specifically because I mean I I feel like he you know he's a tough player and whatnot, but yeah, I, I get where he's going with that. And he's probably more so saying, you know, he looks you know one way, but then you watch him throw the football and it doesn't necessarily translate. But yeah, yeah, the, he, he I've heard my dad use that quote quite a bit. I don't know where he got it from, but uh, he's been using that for a while. <laughs> Well, do you, I, I think he has definitely thrown, ran, jumped his way into a first round pick. Now, if he's the first round overall pick, I, I think there's some evaluation problems at the top of the National Football League when it comes to scouting. But my question is, I backtrack just look, has he played his way into being a, one of the first selections, first round? Here's the thing, Matt. And I've said it before, and, and it's and it's it's just true. You just need one team to fall in love with you, and, and that's really how this NFL draft works. Uh, and I don't think people really understand that, but really, I mean, when I say that, it, it's it's true. So the team that's picking number one, if they fall in love with the guy, they can take whoever. You see what I'm saying, Matt? Like, I mean, it, it might not be who everybody's speculating would be the number one pick if they don't have a need there. They don't necessarily want to trade back, and they they're in love with one guy, and they say they say, hey. He's not going to be where we can get him if we trade back. Sometimes they'll do that. And uh it's not a very common situation, but it happens. And that's why you see some surprises sometimes because sometimes teams, for whatever reason, you know, there's one guy who's just um, like a unanimous uh suspected number one pick, but that one specific team 
has their eyes set on another guy. And so I think if that was the case, maybe, but I, I don't see that necessarily happening unless, cause you got to look at it. Chicago's probably trading back, right? You, you got teams like the Colts who, who are definitely um, in contention to, to trade up. If they were just in love with Anthony Richardson, they loved everything about him. They thought he was, you know, the future of their franchise. Then I see that happening, but I don't see them valuing him over, you know, the likes of Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud. But, uh, again, when you go out there and put a performance like that, um, you know, uh, at the compound, that's what you do for yourself. You, you create a lot of buzz. It, it creates a lot of discussion and, and debates. And, uh, we, we see it every single year. You look at guys like Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, these, these quarterbacks, you know, people fall in love with their, their combines or their, their pro days. They, they get all these comparisons. This guy's, you know, the next, uh, Patrick Mahomes, this guy's the next Josh Allen. They start comparing him to all these quarterbacks. And, and I hate to say this, but, you know, more times than not, it doesn't typically work out that way. And that's why you have to get, you know, you have to be very cautious when you're, you know, playing the, the, the comparison game, you know, and, and going off of potential. That's why I always say, you know, proof over potential, you know, go with the guy that's proven, the guy that's done it countless Saturdays at a, on a consistent basis, right? Not just, you know, a couple of times this guy played lights out. No, you want the guy that does it consistently. And if that, and if I'm looking at these quarterbacks, personally, Bryce Young is one of the only guys, if, I mean, CJ Stroud is pretty consistent somewhat, but if, in my opinion, I think Bryce Young clearly is the most consistent guy that plays at an elite level. Not just once, not just a handful of times, but every single time he steps foot on the field, he's making those uh, magician-like plays. He's making those exceptional throws. He's, he, he's, you know, being a great leader. He's doing everything you need him to do to give you a chance to win on a consistent basis. And I think that's the most important thing, consistency. And then if you want to last in the NFL, Matt, you can't just be good. You have to be good consistently. And uh, I think that's what Bryce Young has going for him. So I don't think Anthony Richardson, you know, um, gets drafted ahead of any of those guys. But like I said, never say never because all it takes is one team to fall in love with you. And it's a great point. Um, and it'll be the Cleveland Browns. I, I, I'm just joking. It just seems like the Cleveland Browns can't uh, step out of their own way. Um, I do think Trey Lance is a good example of somebody that, in fact, the, the 49ers traded up for him. They oh, passed they traded. on Mac How Jones many first to get to round Trey picks? Lance. They, they traded like two uh, or three. Like it was an outrageous was, number. And look what happened, man. <laughs> their third was, it, I guess, third string quarterback. Brock Purdy was their third string quarterback early on in the season. Mr. Irrelevant, I believe. I mean, now he looks like he's yeah. going to be the face of the franchise and not the guy you just traded. Two, three first round picks, all those picks just to get three first round picks. I think Joe's telling me. So see how that works, man. You just, you, wow. It, you know, and, and every, everything's always going to be a gamble. You can't, nobody can predict the future. Nobody can, you know, say, hit, sit here and say confidently that, you know, one specific guy is guaranteed to have, you know, an all pro career. You know, yeah, you can, you know, go, go for a guy that, you know, everybody feels that way about and it's, very likely that they're going to be successful, but you just never know, especially at the quarterback position. I feel like quarterbacks, they just tend to be kind of hit or miss. You know, there's guys that are phenomenal in college and they just don't translate to the NFL. And then vice versa, there's guys you don't really hear about. They're not, you know, they're kind of flying under the radar. radar. They're Mr. Irrelevant. They they get an opportunity and they prove everybody wrong. That's kind of the beautiful thing about football, man. I mean, it's, it's just, there's just so many so many variables and factors, you know, you got 11 guys all playing for each other. It's not just on one guy. 
Um, and then you have, you know, all these, these great stories you hear about guys that were undrafted. They worked their way up. And the next thing you know, they're all pro players. They were walk-ons in college. They didn't even have a, a scholarship in college, but now they're an all pro in the NFL. And that's just sometimes how it plays out. Well, and, uh, we may get our chance, Packer fans, to see what Jordan Love's going to do. He's certainly been wa- wa- waiting in the wings and, I haven't seen anything on the field that makes me think he's going to be anything near what uh, Aaron Rodgers was. Well, let me but, let me um, ask you this, Matt. We, you're you're a Packers fan. Is there any any prospect that you're interested in, or or a position that you would like to see the Packers draft? I mean, I, I know you, a lot um, of you keep talking about Jordan Love. Y'all think it's time to give him a chance. So I don't see y'all necessarily going for a quarterback at least early on. Uh, would you be in favor of, of them maybe trying to get him some help, maybe a receiver in the first round? Oh, they got to. They yeah. got to, and it's been a long-standing complaint for Packers fans that we just don't go out and get that marquee wide receiver. And I like Lazard, uh, uh, you know, I like some of the guys, but you know, they're, they're more of a two, if not three in a rotation of wide receivers. And the Packers have got to go out and draft one. You know, they tried to get the kid from Montana State, and I think he played okay, but no, they need to get a home run at a wide out. Uh, especially down. That's one of the things you've got to admire uh, about Aaron Rodgers is what he was able to do with a compliment of, pardon me, very average wide receivers. And he was still winning. And they can't possibly put Jordan Love in a situation using the same type of receiver. They got to go get him some big time help. And the fact of the matter is the Packers haven't been known to do that. Um, the Packers are a very quarterback-based team, and they have been uh, since the days of Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr. So, yeah, it's a good question. Uh gets me a little riled up because we never get wide receivers. But, uh, yeah, th- that's exactly where they need to go. Um, where do you – I know – I think you're still pretty much a Panthers fan. I mean, you played there. You grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, where – because are, are they – they're on the move up. Would, would you not agree? And where do they, they need to improve? Offensively, without a doubt, specifically the quarterback position. I mean, defensively, they've been investing in the defense for quite some time now. Um, you know, you got Brian Burns, Derek Brown, um, Derek Brown, who played at Auburn. Um, great guy on and off the field, but a great young talent. They drafted J.C. Horn, cornerback from South Carolina. Um, great talent as well. They have a lot of, you know, really good young talent on defense, but they don't, it's kind of like Green Bay. They just haven't really invested much on the offense side of the ball and specifically at the quarterback position ever since cam left and really the offensive line, which they, they didn't really help cam out there either. They, that this is what teams have to understand. You can't just go get playmakers. You have to get it done in the trenches. The best teams have the best offensive lines. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they have playmakers on the outside, but look at their offensive line. They would not be able to get the ball to those guys without that offensive line. They would not be able to run the football the way they run the football without the offensive line. With that being said, Carolina has not done the best in terms of investing in their offensive line. But I think first and foremost, it's time for them to get a quarterback. You've got a great draft class. It, you, you, you have to find a way. And, and, and that fitter, that, that new general manager, he is aggressive, as aggressive as they come. He's going to be moving up. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to go get their quarterback in this draft. I don't know which one it's going to be. It just depends on how far they can move up. Whether I don't think they're going to get up enough to get Bryce Young. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll go all out. But if not, I definitely see them coming away with either C.J. Stroud. If they like Anthony Richardson, maybe him. 
or I keep hearing Will Levis uh, connected with the Panthers, so we'll see. Yeah. But I definitely see them getting their quarterback and then probably you know going back and investing a little bit in the offensive line as well. I really like Will Levis. I, I think he's a heady quarterback. <clears throat> you know, he won with a team. But when he went out, they went down, did the Wildcats. They did. He's but, very uh, confident, too. They say. <laughs> he's very confident. Yeah. And they say his arm strength is, is something to behold. So we'll see. Um, hey, Nick Saban uh, did a podcast interview with Stephen A. Smith. And I had some interesting things to, st- to say. We will talk about that and then. Troubling news from former NBA All-Star Sean Kemp. That's coming up on Big News Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The United 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and very cool periods of rain will continue this afternoon and tonight. The high today 60, tonight's low 54. Tomorrow cloudy, rain mainly during the morning hours, the high 68. And Saturday partly to mostly sunny with a high at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, news out of Tacoma, Washington. I I think most of you remember Sean Kemp, big seven-foot rim protector, averaged about 15 points, nine rebounds a game, uh, mostly for the Supersonics. But he was arrested yesterday afternoon at a Tacoma Mall. Uh, An altercation between occupants of two cars led to shots being fired in a parking lot. That happened about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon, so we'll see how that works. Uh, unfortunate news to have to pass along. Now, as I said, going into the break, Nick Saban, uh, just real quick before I get into the details, you get the feeling that Nick Saban likes Stephen A. Smith. I mean, he appeared on his show, and Nick doesn't do a lot of this in the offseason. No, Matt, he definitely likes uh, Stephen A. I mean, I feel like any time I see Coach Saban appear on, you know, half these interviews and whatnot, it always includes – Stephen A. Smith. So I, I think he does favor him. And uh, for him to go on a podcast, like it's one thing to, for him to call into ESPN and you know do the televised interview, right? You know, that's a little more official. But to go on his personal podcast, uh, I think that says a lot because we all know Coach Saban doesn't really like technology like that. So clearly somebody set up the podcast for him. There's no way Coach they <laughs> Stephen A. sent him a link to <laughs> join his podcast from now, his office, and he's just think, sitting in there. <laughs> you think he got a clean feed and they said, okay, Stephen A., we're ready to go. Give me a mic test, mic test. No, yeah, no. I don't, I don't see No that. shot. Um, uh, but he did this uh, podcast, and uh, he went into detail on several different ones. But I, I think that a lot of people, first and foremost – are very intrigued when someone asks Nick Saban about retirement. And he, and I'm paraphrasing here, but accurately, he said, I never wants to get to a point where he feels like his age and circumstances are taking away from the program, that he's no longer an asset. Which, by the way, not even close to being the truth here. It does make, and for Big Noon Sports and many other shows of the like, it does make me wonder, Christian, because I can sense it uh, that the frustrations of the portal and the NIL 
Uh, let's face it, and he's admitted that rubs him the wrong way, and um, he's you know he's uh, got himself into a little trouble, if you want to call it that, uh, when he called out Texas A and M, although it was deserved. Right. Um, do Do you see this wearing on him to the point where he'll step away? I don't think the NIL or anything like that will influence him to step away because, again, I think his biggest focus is what he provides to a program. And and he said it, you know, and, he, and he's been saying this for quite some time now. If it ever gets to a point where he feels like he's riding down the program, he's not able um, to offer what he previously could offer to that program, then I think that's when he's going to consider stepping away. I, I personally um, don't think the NIL – um, or the transfer portal necessarily will make him step away. I'm sure he he has frustrations with it. Um, not not necessarily the NIL. In specific, you know, he does. He, he's in favor of guys being able to utilize their name, image, and likeness. But he's not in favor of teams or programs using it as a recruiting tool. Um, that that that's that's the biggest thing with him. And uh, and I agree 100. percent I've been saying the same thing. You know, I, I did. A project while I was in school about, you know, uh, players being able to uh, capitalize off name, image, and likeness. Um, but now, right, you know, it's turned into, you know, a whole pay for play, um, you know, enticing kids by offering them money before they even get to the program. Even with all that being said, I don't think that's ultimately what makes him step away. I think his biggest thing is what he offers the program. And, and he, again, in his own words, he said, if he ever feels like he's riding the program down, then he's going to probably step away. But, I will say this about him. I know how, how much, uh, coaching means to him. It's his entire life. You know, that's all he does. I know he gets to spend some time with his family here and there, but, but realistically, I mean, coach is, is so, you know, football is his everything. Um, so I, I know for a fact he wants to do it as long as possible. Um, but he won't ever jeopardize, jeopardize a program just so he can continue to coach. And, uh, I am curious to see when he does step away, what he might look, you know, to do after. Um, he is finished coaching because I, I feel like he needs to be heavily involved in something because a guy like him, um, that's so used to, you know, grinding away at coaching and, and developing these relationships with players and coaches. Um, he's going to need something to kind of fill that void. I know he has his family, but again, you have to have something, uh, to kind of replace that. So I don't know if that's maybe broadcasting here and there or, or whatnot, or he, maybe he could be a, like a senior analyst, kind of like how we have, um, a couple guys, you know, at Alabama who are, you know, older coaches who, you, who don't necessarily have it in them to, to still coach, you know, be on field coach, but they're almost, you know, assistants to a head coach. Maybe he takes on a role like that. I don't know. Um, but I respect him for doing it as long as he has. I mean, he's 71 going on 72 yeah. and he's been doing it at a high level uh, consistently at his age. And I still personally believe he has a few, um, really strong years, uh, left in him, but that's just me, but I, I, I I'm confident in that. No, I, I agree 100%. I think he's coaching until he's 75 and then maybe, maybe a few more years as yep. long as he continues to compete annually for national championships. And I don't see that changing. Yep. Um, I, uh, I do think it was interesting that further on here, uh, he was asked about Tua Tungavaloa and he said that, uh, in relation to his concussions, he said that, um, he hopes his quarterback will listen to experts. As plans, as he plans his football future. Um, also, um, did you see the tweet that Calvin Ridley sent out? You know, he was bounced out of the NFL for what I thought my, my observation was a relatively small bet, but still you can't do that. He did that. And he said he is ready to bounce back from the worst mistake he's ever made. 
Um, first of all, I imagine you've been around Calvin. You know Calvin. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds to me like he just made a goofy decision and paid, in my opinion, Christian, he paid way too heavy a price. No, he definitely did. But I think the, the, the bigger um, thing that I pulled away from that was, and again, he wasn't making an excuse for this, but uh, right before he uh, actually you know, made the bets and was investigated for the bets, he actually stepped away from the team because he was dealing with some mental health stuff. He was battling anxiety and depression. And he's really open about that in this this letter that he wrote on the Players' Tribune. And I had the utmost respect uh, for him for doing that. You know, that takes a lot for somebody to be open and transparent about stuff like that. Something so personal, especially a guy like like him, you know, it comes from his background. You know, guys like that, you know, they're, they're typically seen as, you know, tough guys. You know, he's probably not from the best area down in Florida. And for him to openly come out and say that, you know, he, he started seeing a therapist and worked on that. Um, you know, I respect him heavily for that because that, that takes a lot. And I don't think he understands how much that's probably going to help a lot of people out there um, t- for them to see a guy like him, this talented NFL receiver that they all look up to, also deals with things like that. So um, it just helps other people not feel alone. But, again, yes, he made a mistake on the bet. But as he explained, you know, it was just him doing something silly just on his phone. He saw an ad for the little betting app. I mean, we all see it. I mean, I, I know my brother even downloaded the little betting app at one point and was having fun doing little parlays and things. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I remember watching him do it. And I'm like, oh, that would be kind of fun to, to mess around on there. And obviously, uh, I was like, yeah, it's probably not the best idea. But, um, you know, I, I, again, it, if you, if you haven't read that, that letter, it's called a letter to the game and it's on the player's tribune. I, I highly recommend you go read it. It just goes into a lot of detail and even talks about his upbringing. You know, he, he was, you know, raised in a, in a foster home for a number of years. He, you know, he was the oldest sibling of, out of his uh, other brothers and, you know, kind of had to, you know, step up. Um, at a young age and it just kind of goes into great detail kind of about things that he's been through and just kind of how he's gotten to where he's at and so if you weren't a Calvin Ridley fan before reading that I, I guarantee you will be one after reading that article and I think it just answers a lot of questions for some folks because a lot of people when they first were you know seeing that he got in trouble for bed and they're just like oh how could you do that but you know when you get to hear from his perspective the things that he was dealing with um in that time kind of what was going through his mind and to see where he's at now and just how you know, grateful he is for the second chance and, um, you know, it's how appreciative he is for his support system, his family, his wife, his daughter. Um, I, I just, again, I have so much respect for him and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for him this upcoming season. I hope he goes out there and, um, gets back to that level of play we're, we're used to seeing from him because playing with them, he's always been a great team and I love Calvin. You know, I'm, I'm friends with him. Um, uh, but just watching him play, I mean, he's, he's one of the most talented receivers I've ever seen. You know, the routes he runs are just, man. I mean, he, he, he truly can take the top off of defense, but if his routes are just unlike any other. And I think he's going to offer, not even I think, I know. You put him in that Jacksonville offense, Matt, and they improved a lot this past season, but you add a guy like Calvin Ridley, yeah. and I think they're ready to take the next step. Well, <clears throat> I do too. And one of the things I remember about Ridley and even going into his NFL years is uh, what he did after the catch. Um, very difficult guy to bring down. He may run a perfect pattern and then he'll get another 20 for you so i always like that about him too hey uh we're gonna try and reach out to tony curry uh who has often been on this show back in the jay barker days uh has his own really network of radio shows we'll talk to tk on the other side of this break as you listen to big noon sports this is big noon sports with lars matt and christian 
Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports. Tony Curry will join us, but in a moment. So we anxiously await that. Meanwhile, Lars is uh, teaching the future journalists of the world. Uh, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, Joe, Josh, and Aiden are hanging out um, around the microphones here. Uh, update from Nashville. Uh, my last score had Florida 42. They've come back from, what, 10 down at the half. Uh, Florida 42, Mississippi State 41. Um, I don't know if you're an Alabama fan and, and many listening to this show are. I don't know who you want there. Um, I almost think you'd rather play Florida, but, uh, Mississippi State kind of plays a game that, uh, tends to throw Alabama off more than others. Uh, Gaither back at Tide says we want Florida. I agree. But, um, the last time we played the them, Matt, it was 97 to 69. I actually went to that game oh. here. Yeah. Um, six, uh, 28 point lead, 28 point win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bring on the Gators. Bring on the Gators. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Cause they, they, they have that uh, so, really good player though. That, that tall guy, uh, they, they kept, uh, booing him every time he got the ball, but he's out for the year, yeah. Joe says. So never mind. That, I, then you definitely want Florida. Uh, that it sounds like I hate to say that. I never. Never want to capitalize off injuries because I feel like that's just that's just lame to do. But they are missing their best player, and last time you played them with their best player, you won by twenty eight. I'm going with. I'd rather play Florida if I'm Alabama. Uh, you touch on a very interesting topic. I'm glad you did because you know everybody says um, from. Uh, the seventh grade fan all the way up to the coaches and the, and the players. Uh, we want to play them at their strongest. We want to play them only at their best, <laughs> which I understand that. But on the other side, I, I think there's a certain amount of us, fans included, that kind of go, Oh man, I'm glad that guy's not playing. Yeah. Where's, where do you fall there? Matt, I fall in between. If I'm being honest with you, here's, here's why, here's why I gotta be transparent here. I, I genuinely do 
I, all right, and, and maybe it's just me, but I'm I'm the type of person I don't ever want to feel like something was given to me, right? I always want to earn it. I don't I don't want any shortcuts. I don't want any cheats because then I don't feel I don't know if validated is the word, but I just don't feel like I I truly earned it. And it goes with anything. Like I'll give you an example. If I'm playing like a like a, a video game or something, and you can choose a difficulty, I always choose the harder difficulty because I I feel like more you know what i mean like there's more sense of you know self-gratification after you accomplish the more difficult task so i you look at it in football it's the same kind of thing like i'd rather play the better opponent that way i have a better sense of self-gratification after accomplishing beating that opponent being victorious against them but at the same time strategically the strategic side of me is saying well hey if i can play you know, Georgia or Clemson and their starting quarterback is out. Bring it on. The the likelihood that I'm walking away with the championship ring is a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? So I'm just You're gotta being be, very honest. Got to be honest here. But at the same time, I, I I worry that if I do win that game and I get that ring, I'm going to have to deal with the people saying, "Oh, but they didn't have so and so." Then I'm also going to my the the self critic in me is also going to say, "Damn, yeah, we won, but they weren't a hundred percent." I don't know if it felt the same. So I don't know. I'm I'm in the middle, Matt. I'm torn. That's my honest answer. Well, perfect example. You just asked Texas. Uh, when Alabama beat them for the national championship, um, Colt McCoy, outstanding quarterback, was injured, what, in the first quarter? I mean, very, very early in the game. And quite honestly, Texas wasn't the same. Also, quite honestly, with a little crimson glasses on myself, I don't think it had made any difference. Did you watch that game, Christian? It I didn't, was quite a while ago. I didn't watch it, you know, in real time, but I've seen like, you know, highlights from the game. I've, I've watched a lot of it, but, but it's funny you bring it up because again, a lot of people always talk about that game. Oh, well, if Cole didn't get hurt, if he didn't get hurt. And so I know Alabama was, you know, they, they won the game, but it matter anyway, but I'm sure they probably get tired of hearing that. You know what I mean? They'd almost probably rather he played the yeah. game that way. They could have just showed you, Hey, it doesn't matter if you had cold or not. We're going to win regardless. Yeah, but uh, you ever run into a Texas fan that's uh, 25 or older, uh, you'll, you'll get an earful. <laughs> no doubt. Because, uh, uh, in fact, I did at a little town in Louisiana one time. I was just kidding around with a guy. Man, he got very, very irate. <laughs> um, to which... To which I said, well, we got the ring. I got in my car and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, those, those type of games, Matt, those people hold on to those games and, and they, and they linger, right? I mean, you even think about, you know, the year when my senior year, when I was hurt, we lost pretty bad to Clemson in California. I mean, I, I remember just, you, you, I'll hear Clemson fans talk about that game and, and we dealt with so many injuries in that game and, and, uh, the games leading up to it. They, the Clemson fans don't want to hear it, but the Alabama fans make sure you know it. They're like, hey, we were missing this person, yeah. this person, that person. And I mean, it's a fair argument, but yeah, th- those games, they just sting because there's just so many what ifs, right? It's like, what if so and so was playing? Or what, what if this guy didn't get hurt? And what would have happened? But unfortunately, you'll never know. Just a part of the game. Injuries are a part of it. 100, it's 100% injury rate in football. They always tell us that. And I don't know. <laughs> what exactly that entails or how accurate it is, but I've always heard that they always say the injury rate in football is 100%. So I don't know if that just means every single person that's ever played football has always come up with some type of injury or, 
I don't know. But and I don't even know if it's true, Matt. But I just That's I just thought about that. I don't know that I've ever heard. I don't know if I've ever heard that. And honestly, Matt, it might just the be something they Raiden tell football. us. They, it might just be something they tell us. But I hear coaches say it all the time. Injury rate in football is one hundred percent. I don't even know if it's true, if it's fact or not. You probably Google it. Well, and it's I mean, not I say anything, but. That's what I was told, man. Everybody gets hurt is injured. I mean, I, I guess that's a hundred percent. Um, I don't know. That that's kind of an odd saying. I'm surprised I haven't. Maybe heard they're saying before. there's never um, been a season without an injury on a team, or maybe there has. I don't know. Well, that, that would be one hundred percent too. That I, would be hundred percent. Yeah. That, all right. Next time a coach says that, you got to buttonhole him and say, "Hey, what did, exactly does that mean?" Show me the um, statistics. I will tell you something. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you something that I believe contributes greatly to Texas, their complaint, um, their reasoning that they would have won that national championship had Colt hang, hung around. Uh, one of the greatest games ever played for the national championship and one of the greatest performances ever was Texas-USC. Mm. And Texas had a quarterback, if you could ever say somebody literally put a team on their back and won it, it was Vince Young. And oh, because yeah. they had a quarterback that led them to a national championship almost single-armed, and, and man, he made great scrambles and touch. He scored the winning touchdown on a scramble. 11 yards out, I think it was something like that. But I think because of his success, when Colt went down, they immediately thought, well, we could have had another Vince Young. Um, am I far off there, guys? No, but I'm glad you brought Vince Young up because that you know, circles back to my point earlier about these phenoms in college and they just don't translate. He's a perfect example. And I think that's why you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson. I mean, could he be a, a Vince Young at the next level or could he be a, yeah, a Josh Allen, you know, so to speak, or, uh, you know, it just, it, it just, you just never know. I thought Vince Young had all pro written all over him. That was always kind of a did. surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, golly. Now you talking about looking like Tarzan getting off a bus. <laughs> I mean, he was just, he was so physically built and gifted. Um, and after that game against USC, who by the way was a really good team, uh, that was a fabulous national championship game. Um, all right. We're going to make one more stab at getting Tony Curry on the show when we get back on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Our home base.
base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Thursday edition of The Game, we'll feature Rodney or TiterInsider.com, the editor, the founder of the great website. We'll do a score prediction day, Alabama basketball on the eve of the first appearance in the SEC tournament 2023, all starting at 2 o'clock, tied 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Has the pin- hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktail around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and very cool periods of rain will continue this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 60. Tonight's low, 54. Tomorrow, cloudy. Rain mainly during the morning hours. The high, 68. And Saturday, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Lars is teaching class at the University of Alabama. Christian Miller is at Tide. I'm right here in Birmingham, Alabama. And then we've got Tony Curry, a long-standing radio personality and uh, uh, quite the entrepreneur when it comes to podcasts. And then, Tony, I'm going to start right out of the gate and ask you if you remember where you were 30 years ago, the blizzard of 93. I do. I was uh, in my house right off of Rockhurst Lane, which was right behind the old butcher block on West Valley Avenue. And uh, incredibly enough, uh, I did not lose my power. I did not lose my gas and I did not lose cable. And so uh, I had uh, a lovely gal who used to work up there, Roxanne, uh, her and Jim Dent and several other people that you probably know about actually hoofed it down the bottom of the hill and they came and stayed at my house for two or three days and yes i do remember yeah. looking down that long road and seeing this gray-haired guy walking down green springs highway with tears in his eyes and that would be bruce Ayers, who was walking down to the comedy club uh which is where it originally was there near the old stir crazy and he uh had his uh club go up and smoke and in a fire and what a lot of people don't realize a couple things is of course uh, i was working for rock down in nine five we were the last uh, station to actually do something there. We did a gig, uh, the night before, uh, for our morning show, uh, and someone had left the fryer on at the club, and that's why it burned down. And if you remember, uh, right, Carrot Top was actually performing that night, 
And then he was supposed to be flying to New York to be on the Johnny Carson show the following night, and every one of his props went up in smoke. And so it was going to be his first appearance on national television, the Johnny Carson show, and everything. Every one of his props went up in smoke at the comedy club. So yes, I remember that uh, vividly. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, Matt, I, I think it. You know, unlike most snows we get here, usually it's gone within a day. Uh, it got really cold, if I'm not mistaken, after that too. We we, we were shut down for a good week after that. So. Uh, pretty miraculous stuff. And one of those things where I just heard James Spann on your radio station, you know, it was one of those things where they were expecting a dusting. And, man, we just got that swath where we just got dumped on 13, 14, 15 inches of snow. It was amazing. Yeah, the snow drifts were three, three and three and a half. It, it, was, cra- it was crazy. <laughs> it was amazing. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. I was at ERC, and we immediately went into full uh, coverage mode. And uh, yeah. I remember, you know, people were calling in. This is true. People were calling in like the elderly that couldn't get medication. They would call yeah. it. This is when radio was bad, you know. Uh, they would yeah. call our radio station, and then somebody would call in that lived a couple of miles, but they had four wheel, they had chains. They would go get the medicine, and live on air, they would complete this deal. And it, as Ray Melick once said, it was nine one one for seventy two hours. It yep, was a cool it was. Time. And of course, it was, it, it was Chris cool. Miller wasn't wasn't even born yet. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, 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 let just allow us a quick dive on that because it's all over the news today, and rightfully so. It was a very impactful moment in um, Alabama weather history. So, that being said, Tony, uh, give me your quick thoughts on the SEC tournament. Your pick, other than Alabama, uh, other than Alabama. Uh... You know, uh, and, and let me just say this, and, and I know we've got these regionals coming to Birmingham on the 16th and 18th, and I'm so happy to see us get some college basketball at that level uh, here again uh, in this town. Uh, I know Bama fans are going to hate me for saying this, but I'm hoping Bama trips up early in the tournament so so, so they don't actually get to play. <laughs> well, I want to go. I want to go to all six sessions, but I can't afford a pair uh. of tickets for all six <laughs> sessions. And if Alabama's playing in Birmingham, guess what? There ain't going to be no tickets to be had because Alabama fans are going to be all over it. That being said, um, you know, I've been, I've been kind of, uh, beating up on, on John Calipari for quite some time. And I watched them the other night, um, and they looked fantastic against Arkansas. And, um, you know, if you want to put, say, John Calipari's resume side by side with, uh, you know, the now retired coach K or some of the guys who have, are perennials that get that and Mark use the world, the Gonzagas. He has not held up his end of the bargain when it comes to the success that Kentucky basketball should be all about. Ten losses. I, I, I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. I was there in the Denny Crum years. Ten losses was the benchmark. They didn't care about 20 wins. If you had ten losses in a season, you weren't doing your job. And that's pretty much a, a norm for him right now. And so I think Kentucky, for some reason, my gut tells me that they're, they're playing some pretty good basketball right now. I'd have to go Kentucky right now. Uh, in the SEC, if I'm not allowed to pick Alabama to go all the way, I, 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 you know, tournaments are really interesting. I don't think, I don't think Alabama could, could, could get a TC even if they wanted to. They could lose in the first, I'd lose in Mississippi State. I, I still, I think they're still going to be a one seed, but uh, I, I like Kentucky. I, I think uh, people are kind of sleep on that team. And when that team's playing well, if they hit the boards and they can shoot some jumpers, uh, that team could be pretty dangerous. I think, you know, you, you as well as anybody else has realized, you know, Alabama's kind of been struggling shooting as of recent. Do you, do you think we see that change, uh, when they finally come on the court for their quarterfinal? Do you think they'll have those little, uh, little lapses corrected or do you think we'll still see some of those struggles in this tournament? 
Yeah, I think they, I think, I think we will see those changes. And you see this, you know, I, I still go back and I watch that, uh, was it Oklahoma, Oklahoma State yesterday or the day before? I, I still, I'm, I'm still go back and look at that Oklahoma, Alabama game. I'm trying to figure out how in the world did they look so good against the Crimson Tide, uh, earlier in the season. But yeah, I, I think it kind of comes and, and, and ebbs and flows and goes in phases. You see teams like this all the time. Um, you know, every great basketball team is going to have, uh, that, 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 that dinger of a game where it's like it's just not coming together and obviously Bama's up and shoot well. The thing that's amazing to me though is that, that even when Bama doesn't shoot well, they're in basketball games. Uh, just because their athleticism, obviously Miller, the kids, unbelievable. They've got so much firepower on that team. So they can afford to go through some lulls in a 40 minute stretch and still win basketball games. But to your point, yeah, if this team gets on fire and starts getting after it, uh, look out. Uh, this is the first time. Heck, I can remember when Mark Godfrey was there. I don't think that was the last time they were ranked number one during the season. That lasted all one week. And, and, uh, next thing you know, he's gone and leaving and showing up at NC State. But, um, yeah, all you got to do is get some shooting. You know, all you got to do is, you know, get out there and start shooting the basketball. And, you know, it's interesting too. Uh, you know, you're playing a neutral site games. You're playing in sometimes much larger venues, whether it's Cherry World or the Carrier Dome or, and sometimes I think it's really interesting the dynamics that come with that because sometimes based on how far back the seats are behind the, the backboards, there is there is a, yeah. a, 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 a shooting um, woes that come with that just because you're shooting in space, which I think is really interesting. The court doesn't change. The basket's still the same size and everything, but it's really interesting to see how some teams play early in the tournament as opposed to a little later when they're used to those new environments. Um, quick question as we close up. Uh, you and I and our kids, grandkids, your kids, uh, go to several UAB games a year. Um, mm-hmm. Andy's got the Blazers peaking at the right time going to Conference USA tournament tonight against Rice. Yeah, they've knocked out Rice uh, big time the two times they played. They're favored by 13 and a half tonight. I don't think they have a problem. I really think you want to talk about um, chemistry. Uh, when, when Jelly went out for, what, four or five games in the middle of the season, that really put this team in a funk, and it really proved just how important he is to that basketball team. Gaines, the number four kid, he, he's unbelievable, but he's he's not quite the leader that UAB needed on the floor at that particular time, and, and there just was... We had I talked to Mark Ingram earlier today. He's down in Frisco, uh, Texas, getting ready for the 8.30 tip later on tonight, and that that team just did not have an identity without without Jelly on the floor, and and uh, for the most part, doctors are telling me he's good to go, and he just wasn't ready to play. So when he got ready to play, he came out and went for forty there tonight, and and I think uh, as he goes, so do the UAB Blazers. I've seen them play North Texas twice this year, and I know they're probably going to have to play the McDan. I think North Texas the two seed. I hate that basketball team because if they get up by yeah, double digits, they're they're running the clock out. They had four shot clock violations in a row, and no one cared because they were up by twelve against the UAB Blazers. It's the worst style of basketball to see. But it's a winning style of basketball. Uh, they've had a miraculous season, so I'm almost I'm kind of hoping we don't see them. But if we do, man, it'd be nice to get some payback against them. And I'm hoping UAB goes too because my Muskies. I think they're going to be a three or four seed. And if the Muskies and UAB and Alabama and Auburn are all in, it's going to be a great bracket. He's talking about Xavier, his alma mater. The yes, Muskies. go Muskies. Just just kidding, Musketeers. <laughs> all right, Bone. My best to your family. Say hello to the kids. I love you, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Love you, too. All right. You bet. Oh, she, Tony, you still there? Yeah. Plug yeah. your radio sites and your podcast. 
Yeah, go uh, pull up the TKR app. TKR on Apple, Tony Curry Radio on Android, and search Tony Curry Radio Podcast. Curry the KKURRE. We have over a thousand shows, sports shows. We have computer shows, rock shows. We're doing a memoriam to uh, Gary Rosenton all this week all across the, the radio dials. So check us out. TKR, Tony Curry Radio Podcast. Great stuff, Tom. Talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. See you. All right. Uh, there goes the Thursday edition. Tomorrow, I just uh, swapped a couple of uh, messages here with Chris Walsh of Bama Central, Sports Illustrated. Uh, I think he is slated to come in or be on tomorrow. <clears throat> and then Lars will be back as well. See you tomorrow, Christian. See you.